Why don't you get your copies of God's Word and open it to um, Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. Let me read you seven verses out of um, the first seven verses of Joshua 4. You follow in your copies as we read that which is inerrant, infallible, inspired. You've heard those words before, I bet. But it simply means that what you have in your hands is something that God did. And um, the same God who spoke the creation into existence is the God who can write a book. And this is the one he wrote. (laughs) Joshua chapter 4 at verse 1. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priests' feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe, and Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them, that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Guys, let me begin this morning with uh, just a brief word of explanation to those of you who might be uh, somewhat new to Gracie Van. We here at uh, Gracie Van are in somewhat of a rhythm. And by rhythm, I I mean this. Ten times a year, uh, instead of preaching a sermon, I preach a sermonette, which is just really a... Small sermon. But here's the reason why. As as hard as I may try to to use my sermons to point to Christ with them, I may fail. I, I may fail in such a way that the picture is muddied, or the water is muddied and the picture is clouded, or that I that I that I confuse you. So much so that you miss the primary message, and the primary message is this. When it's all said and done, ladies and gentlemen, the primary message is simply this. Christianity is Christ. The, the person of Christ. Not, not doctrines about Christ. Not a, a system of, uh, doctrines about religion. It's not a philosophy. It is a person. The center of Christianity is the person of Jesus Christ. His work, his person, 
And so um, this sacrament, uh, ten times a year, we do it in the morning. Two times a year, we do it at night. But uh, ten times a year, we want to remind you that even though you may be able to dot your theological I's and cross your theological T's, if you've missed the point that Christianity, the center of it is a person, and everything else is circumference, if you missed that, you missed it. And so, fearing that I may confuse you with all of my gobbledygook from time to time, we do this hoping that you'll not miss the primary essence of uh, Christianity being that the person of Christ is what Christianity is. Now, having said that, let, let me, let me kind of locate what I read you out of Joshua 4. Let me kind of locate that for you in the, in the history of Israel. Uh, you know, you kind of jump into a text and you wonder, where, where did that come from? Where, where are we? Gang, um, this is Israel, of course, and Israel is being led by Joshua now. Moses is dead. You remember, Moses is the one that brought Israel out of Egypt, and uh, uh, Pharaoh and his army followed them to the Red Sea, and, and the Red Sea parted, and they crossed over, and they were killed, and uh, that's uh, Exodus 14. But then they come out into um, out of Egypt, and they're headed to the Promised Land, but they get stalled uh, in a in a wilderness for about forty years as a result of their um, their unfaithfulness their stubbornness and so they sit and and just kind of poke around in the desert for forty years while uh, that one generation dies off well um, that is behind us now that's uh, that's in the past and and Moses has is dead and the leader of Israel is a guy by the name of Joshua. And um, uh, they're about to enter the promised land, and but before they before they do, there is another body of water in their way. It's not the Red Sea; it's the Jordan River. Now, guys, there are two crossings of water in the Old Testament. One's at the Red Sea when they come out of Egypt, and then this one. Now, the, the Jordan River. I, I've uh, I've waded in the Jordan River before. The Jordan River is is not as big as the Red Sea. But it still uh, represented a barrier for them to get into the uh, the promised land. And so what does God do? He separates it like he did the Red Sea, and they walk through dry shod. Once they get over to the other side, staring them in the face is Jericho. Their first military obstacle. You know, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho. You remember that? Well, there it is. They just got across the Jordan. Joshua's in charge. And there's Jericho. Staring him in the face. And that, by the way, that, that whole military campaign is outlined for you in chapter 6. I just read to you from chapter 4. Uh, so, just in a matter of days, Joshua's going to lead Israel while they're inside the promised land into this battle of Jericho. So that's where we are. Now, as they as they cross the uh, the Jordan River, um, twelve men are instructed to go back to that river and bring out of it a, a man, by the way, from each tribe, which means that the whole nation of Israel is to be represented. But they're supposed to go back to that river, and they're supposed to pull out of it stones. Now, now not 
pebbles like David used to slay Goliath, but these these big honking stones, you know, that you have to carry on your shoulders, the big ones. So 12 men are supposed to bring one of those big old stones out of the river and over to one place, and they're supposed to build a monument out of it. And that monument would serve two purposes. Look at it. It it says it in the text, guys. It says in verse 6 that this will be a sign among you. And then in verse 7 it says, it shall be a memorial forever. Now here's, and and it also says in the text that, um, uh, end of verse 6, when when your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean? Then you shall tell them. You tell them a story. You tell them a story. You know, um, years later when when uh, uh, Israel is all established in the promised land and and there's a new generation that's being born and and um, daddy's taking his children aside to tell him about the great faithfulness of God to them and and uh, one one of the little boys said, "Daddy, I, I've been wanting to ask you for a long time. How did y'all get across that river?" I mean, um, how did y'all pull that off? So Daddy says, um, oh, son, I'm glad you asked. Come here. I want to show you something. Takes him out to the river, Jordan, and says, um, you see those things, son? You see that, that monument right there? Now, um... Let me tell you the story about those stones. And there it stands. Twelve stones fashioned into a monument. It is, it is a sermon in stone. It is a, is a message, it is a message for their hearts via their eyes. Um, it, it spoke that, 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 that collection of stones spoke about the faithfulness and the goodness and the power of God that was exercised on their behalf when they were trying to get into the promised land. And, and it, those, that collection of stones reminded them of an event. You see that, son? Um, you, you know, son, that, that, that reminds me of a story that you need to know. And son, let me tell you this. Were it not for the event that that, those stones memorialize, if it weren't for that, you know, son, we would never even be in the promised land. Now gang, um, those stones in Joshua 4, those were not Joshua's idea. It wasn't Joshua's idea that they build that thing. It was God's idea because apparently God knows something about us that we don't particularly, aren't particularly mindful of ourselves. God knew that there is uh, a tendency on our parts to remember the bad and to forget the good. So periodically, periodically we need to go back and take a look at the stones. You know, um, gang, I know I keep harping on the, the remembrance thing about the sacrament. 
And by the way, I should tell you that there is far more to this sacrament than just it being a reminder. But, but do this with me. Just for a second, think about, think about everything, or, oh, not everything, but think about the things that have happened and taken place in America in the last 30 years. Think about the things that have happened in the church, not just Gracie Van, but in the, in the church in the last 30 years. I tell you what, think about the things that have happened in your life in the last 30 years. Tell me, where does your mind immediately go? Well, there was the uh, surgery. Uh, there was that painful divorce. There was the, uh, the job loss. I wonder how many of us, how many of us, when we reflect on the past, how many of us go back to those, to that day when we became a Christian? That day when God drew us to Himself? I bet you not many of us. Um, my brother and sister in Christ, Come here. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you a story. You see that table? Do you see that stuff that's on it? That commemorates an event. An event to which is tied your whole deliverance from sin and death. It's a sermon in bread. It's a sermon for your heart via your eyes. Guys, take a long look at that. And meditate on what it is that God did to set you free. Because without the event to which that points, all of us would perish. You know, guys, um, it's a good piece of counsel that all of us need to build little monuments um, as we as we go through life to remind us of God's great faithfulness over these years of aging. But the big monument is this one. Take a long look at this one because it reminds us of the event that has set us free. Let's pray. Our Father, I do pray that while we're gathered together this morning around this sacrament, that you will, that you will give us a sense of... Um, 
of a renewal and of a refreshment over the great goodness that you have shown us in Christ that we might find all over again that we have that we remember that event we remember the day that you became so very real to us we remember the life that we had on the other side of the Jordan before you drew us to yourself so father Would you speak again to us about the great acts of redemption, the great act of redemption as commemorated by these visible signs? We ask it, of course, in Jesus' name.